Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords Season 4, the start of a whole new adventure, a whole new world, a whole fantastic point of view. <laughs> With me are the three players of the game, the three mighty ones who have come to be known as the Hawks, and they are in alphabetical order. Hi, I'm Ali. I play Enigma. Enigma. I'm Gwyn. I play Percival Cleft. I mean, you should definitely know this by now. Uh, I'm Stuart. <laughs> this could be a lot of people's jumping on. No, don't start a season four. Start a season two or like episode three of season one. It's fine. Okay, if you listen I'm to this, Stuart. guys. <laughs> I play Tristan T. Wild. The Bard? Question mark? When last we saw our heroes, events had transpired. <laughs> and... Shit had got real, and we're going to rejoin them sometime later. It's been a strange couple of months <laughs> as you've rolled west across the plain in a world that's changing as a consequence of your actions and for reasons of its own. The people of the plains are coming to the realisation that their travelling lifestyle is no longer necessary. Will they continue to live as they have for so long? Or will their lives begin in a more stationary, static, city-building, farm-building way? Those conversations are ongoing, and more change is coming as they come to understand that the magics that they had access to before have changed and faded, along with the curse that was central to their world. Season 4 is going to be a lot more socio-economic based and less apocalyptic than I imagined. <laughs> Every apocalypse is socio-economic in the end. Have we not learnt that from the this apocalypse? <laughs> like, we're like, oh my god, there's going to be zombies and shit. And we're like, right, okay, so let's sort out uh, what people need to earn based on this thing and whether yeah, you can go to Tesco's <laughs> and go in the right direction. And how much WoW we're going to play at home. And how much I miss sandwiches. Come on then, hit, hit us with those sweet, <laughs> with that sweet demographic change. <laughs> <laughs> the farming practices they're considering are as follows. <laughs> <laughs> they're considering crop rotation. They haven't really got it yet. They're just going to pick some crops and swing them around really fast. <laughs> Naturally, they've started with strip farming, but some are suggesting that's not the best way to go. <laughs> Tristan is all in favour of it <laughs> and it demands all farmers strip immediately. If anything, Tristan's really pushing the strip farming and he definitely <laughs> doesn't understand it. <laughs> Every morning he's in front of the barn just bollock naked. Right, who's with me today? I am the boner king! Like, that's, that... Bring me strip farming! <laughs> that's not how it works, Tristan. Wanna be like me? Get into farming! <laughs> what is this cucumber? Oh, God. <laughs> Fertilise my field um, Anyone want to plant a pickle? You can't plant pickles Well, I, I beg to differ In my version of strip farming Watch me plant my pickle <laughs> Don't cry. That's just my new pull line Anytime anyone says you can't plant pickles I'm like let me show you my lady <laughs> <laughs> And then the next day she's like He did, you can He's right, you know, you can those were quite some capers. <laughs> yep, capers, olives, all of it. It's, you can plant it all. <laughs> it's all a viable food source in the desert. 
approximately two weeks after your journey began, the aurora that hangs over the southern ice was suddenly drawn from the sky to the ground, sealing the ice behind a curtain of flickering magical light. That has stayed to the south of you as you travelled on towards this meeting place and this point. As you reach this curtain of the southern light, where the forest crosses that boundary, and on the north side, outside of its protection, the forest is burned away to nothing, just black pillars in a sea of grey ash where fire has consumed everything. The other side of the boundary, the trees still stand tall and green, straight-limbed conifers that reach high into the air. And this is the point that you have agreed to meet up with Hector Corvalen, your old friend, and now known as the Cold Mind, the commander of the Ice Watchers. So, as you approach this point, how are you making your way to the rendezvous? I think we're travelling by um, uh, caravan, aren't we? We bounced back into Wing's wagon. <laughs> bounced back into the wagon of uh, Chiling, who uh, Tristan nicknamed Wing and has been called that ever since. So you've been travelling by wind wagon and now... As you get close to the rendezvous point, are you taking your wagon right there? Are you stopping to travel in on foot? As you reach this scorched forest, it's going to be harder for the wagon to travel through it. I think when we get to the edge of the uh, now affluent and thriving plains, then <laughs> we will probably need to stop and have a little word with with Wing. Um, sure. So, Wing, you've been very generous transporting us this far. Um, I'm afraid from here on in, it um, it's not going to be quite like this. Uh, we've not been there yet, but <laughs> if things don't look particularly good from this point uh, onwards now, we would love to have some form of transport but we're we're not gonna ask any any more people um from the east to put themselves in peril if you wish to if you're happy to continue traveling with us there then we'd be happy to uh to continue that arrangement um if not then this is probably where we part ways i've got used to having you all around i I'll tell you the truth, Percy. I think you've had some tough times, but where you are seems to be where the adventure is. I want to prove myself. I want to see what the world can offer. I've spent my life on wheels, but I think it's time to see what the ground can bring as well, so I'll travel with you. As long as you are in full realisation that from this point on, what the world can offer is mostly fire and ash. He kind of shrugs a little. There'll be something beyond the ash, I'm sure. And if there isn't, you'll need a hand even more. Need someone handy with a sail? That's very optimistic of you. 
perhaps if you'd care to find somewhere where the where the wagon can be held up for a, a day or so whilst we complete this uh, this little meeting because um, if it goes wrong then I mean, we're going to need to be able to escape frankly he says you're meeting at the where the river crosses the curtain aren't you so where the river crosses the light so i'll go further up follow the edge of this wood along to where it crosses that river you'll find me right there it shouldn't be too far at all okay um that sounds good and uh, yeah try to keep it under some cover don't don't let yourself be spotted you know <laughs> he says sure enough i i can probably just smear it with ash honestly that's not a terrible idea so the wagon rumbles away on its quiet wheels and you're on the edge of this forest as you begin to make your way towards this meeting point through these black pillars that were once trees if someone were to see you making that journey if perhaps there were some watchers posted by Hector what would they see Enigma as you lead the way through. Okay, so uh, in the intervening time, it was quite a, it's quite a dramatic moment and it's really kind of changed a lot of things, given us all new perspectives on our lives and uh, how we should dress. Because that's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enigma's changed profoundly. You've really got to make sure that you dress for your PTSD. I think that's, yeah. that's the important lesson we can learn here. Really embrace it. <laughs> really embrace it. Um, so, uh, Enigma's still looking very fashionably, uh, you know, uh, clothes are well cut, but they've gone a kind of, sort of darker colours, but there's a lot more furs, a lot more feathers. Um, she seems to be, have become a rather fashionable and stylish woman of the woods, of the land, of the, uh, of the creatures around her. She started to understand the land around her an awful lot more, and... On her arm, she carries her new friend, a winged friend, black and white. Somehow it has been called to her, the, uh, this magpie. Um, she told a story in the Lands of the Dead about a magpie, and that seems to have in some way drawn it towards her. It's a very chatty fellow called Sorrow. And so, <laughs> as you're walking, this magpie's on your wrist, you're like, Sorrow? Sorrow? <laughs> Sorrow? In fact, it's really annoyingly chatty. In some ways, I'd like to invent the rubber band just to shut it the fuck up. <laughs> You'd think with a name like Sorrow, it'd be quite reticent, but no. Behind Enigma, striding with purpose, comes Percival Cleft, who they once called the Paladin. Um, so the shiny showplate has lost its sheen uh, and thrown over the top of that is some um, musty brown robes uh, and a little throw uh, over his shoulder uh, that's fairly sort of weather-beaten from the times of travelling the uh, the roads. The place still there, um, but uh, certainly a, a lot less prominent than it might once have been. Still carries the sword, Kalanoia, uh, though that is holstered in its scabbard. Nice. And then walking through the shadowy woods behind is Tristan Wilde, who was once known as the Bard. 
How does Tristan look? Quite a lot has changed for Tristan. He's he's found a new magic and he's kind of embraced a new. He's been dabbling on the journey over here. So anyone watching would he'd always almost seem to be phasing out from time to time. They'd kind of lose track of where he was and it sort of sort of looked like he was reappearing. He's still extremely dashing. He's still obviously his clothes are an amazing fit, but there's two noticeable differences. One, they're now black. Uh, with white trim, uh, I refer you to the My Chemical Romance video and you'll get a basic uh, quick. And um, what's the song that they need to go and find? Is it Welcome to the Black Parade? Oh, God, that's it. He just looks friggin' amazing. Um, and I was, he, he, he's been toying with cutting his hair short and dyeing it white, but through his dabblings with music, he's actually now just got one white. Um, Poldara style lock of hair. Well, it's, it's a thick, it's lots of locks of hair. It's not just one single hair. That would be weird. You wouldn't even see it. So he's got a streak of white in his hair. And the mo most noticeable difference is that he isn't carrying a guitar or seemingly any weapons. Mysterious! No guitar! <laughs> yes! <laughs> no need to hear like Wonderwall. Yeah, I'd be surprised if when the time came he wasn't able to make it sound like he did have a guitar, say for any it. original songs he wanted to write or sing. But <laughs> he doesn't have his trusty guitar, Lucille, anymore. Yeah, that's right. What? He has a uh, ukulele instead. Because <laughs> yeah. he's just got more lame. <laughs> it's like, what's the worst instrument I could have? Ah, a ukulele. Bagpipes. The only instrument. Timpani drums. <laughs> Timpani. It's a bow, 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 bow. It's good for the drama. And he walks along and you can just hear, uh, uh, he's got an attitude harmonica, <laughs> not harmonica. Um, a squeaky toy called? in his shoes. No, what's that? thing that Ben and I used to play with it just went oh, oh. <laughs> that sounds like an elephant accordion yeah an out of tune accordion <laughs> <laughs> he's a one man band he's got a big old timpani drum on his back right he's got, he's got <laughs> with every step so Stealthily, you move through the <laughs> <laughs> as you were. Because he's vanishing in and out, it just the song seems <laughs> keeps cutting in and out as well. So beautiful and mysterious. You start to find your way in. You see this kind of small meltwater river that cuts through, and it's strangely clean because the ground everywhere is ash, where the water has washed it away, and it's running clear. It seems strange in this landscape, and you're following it up towards this curtain wall where the which just glimmers with blue and green waves of light slowly shifting within it. And so you're starting to get in sight of the rendezvous point. Is there anything you're doing you want to do as you approach it? Um, the the sword I will tuck around my back and sort of hide under my cloak for, as best I can. Now, you're carrying two swords, aren't you? You have, like, the doom yeah. sword and a regular sword. Yeah, I'm like a witcher. <laughs> oh my god, that guy's got two swords! <laughs> Jeez, shit's about to get real. Which are you going to use today? Oh! <laughs> 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 I 
I can accentuate every joke, every pun, every. It's the equivalent of. <laughs> uh. So, Hector, I've been. No, Tristan, pop it down. I can't! Every time I move, I turn a new instrument. I was oh, the, little, the little harmonica on his lip. Hi, uh. I've got a quick question, Paris. I'm like trying to sort of get it out of my mouth while I make harmonica sounds. <laughs> Little penny whistle. So, the other side of the curtain, you can see behind this shimmering surface, and it kind of, it almost looks a little bit glassy as well. It's not completely clear. There's some reflection on it. But you can see a group of figures, the other side, and they're waiting, apparently watching your approach. You can see six or seven of them stood there. One of them's carrying a spear with like a pennant on it, like a banner of some kind. And they're mostly wearing pale tabards. But you, at this distance, you can't necessarily judge if any of them is Hector, though you've seen him relatively recently. Uh, Tristan, did, did you bring our banner? Um, no. Ah, shit. Um, the one for the Black Parade. I've, I've got a big bass drum. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> Banging on the big bass drum. <laughs> yeah. What a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that'll do. Bang a bass drum as we go down. Let's let's not be subtle about this. Make it sound like a funeral march or something. <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I don't even have that. I, I'm sorry. Now that you mention it, it it would perhaps be a little more obvious than uh, yeah. I should I should really have noticed. It would add gravitas, though, and that's what we're really after. Yeah, well, yeah. it's the thought could, that counts. I could tie my trousers to a stick, but <laughs> given what we've been through in the last few weeks and months, it just doesn't feel right being the bottom half naked anymore. It just, <laughs> I need to get, I'm not in the right place to just get my wang out for these guys. We don't what? even know them. I, I feel changed. like I've changed. I've, I feel out of sorts. No, well, thank yeah. goodness for small mercies. Socks. It's uh, every cloud and all that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get back. I'll get back on form, Percy, for you guys. I know it's what you want, so I'll... More cockage and all that. Uh, let, let's 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 do this. Let, let's go. All right. So, as you approach, Enigma. I'm awake. Who said I wasn't? Good. I'm glad to hear it. You're travelling through this forest. Is there anything you want to do while you approach a forest, eh? I'm just I'm just looking at your list of abilities. I actually I think it's probably. A kid at this point send out Sorrow to uh, do a bit of scouting ahead. You could definitely do that, yes. I think that's probably the most useful thing at the moment. Yeah, so you have a supernatural connection with your loyal animal. I do. And it can do tricks. Yes, it can. So you can send them to hunt. Or loop the loop. I mean, you can or just... Or loop the loop. Whichever you think it, is... It acts uh... as a bit of a distraction. Um and adds gravitas to yeah. our entrance. It could basically be your banner. Yes. It's like 50%. The advantage of a magpie <gasps> is in either completely ash or completely snow, it's 50% camouflage. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Above the trees through Blatty Bat. So, are you going to send uh, Sorrow out to scout? Yes. 
All right, give me a discern realities roll and add sorrow's cunning. Uh, four, six. Six. I mean, I'll be honest, he was probably distracted. Brilliant. A troublesome weasel did wave at the magpie and thus was it distracted from the humans because I forgot to tell him uh, what he was actually looking for. Yeah, so mark XP. Oh, yeah. I've got XP already. That's how we want to start this season. Season four <laughs> begins with Insane. rolling a four. <laughs> yes. Die strong. That's living the dream. Come on, I even put a modifier on that and, get, and didn't get a... You got a big boost. Yeah. That's amazing. So Sorrow notices a lot of... Like, there's a small group of crows having... A really hectic argument with a raven and Sorrow gets really interested in that and you get a lot of feedback about the internal politics of the local corvids and very little pertinent information. Like there's some humans there, yeah, definitely. So that's what you learn from that experience and as you approach a little closer you can see the group of humans, they're like, three of them are on horseback, two are on foot, and one of them is floating a little bit above the ground, and they have very pale skin and, and a bald head. One between them? Yes. No, the one who's floating above the ground right. has very pale skin okay. and a bald head, and what looks like a crystal of some kind in their forehead. We've met one of those before. You haven't, but people have. And you see one of the two humans is Hector. As you get a little closer, Percy, he gives you a wave. He's got that silver in his beard and in his hair, but he's quite recognisable from when you knew him. Mm -hmm. He's wearing armour, he's wearing a tabard with a symbol of three flames on it. <laughs> and he gives you a wave and says... Percy! Long time no see. It's been a while. Well, thank you for agreeing to meet. Says, oh, you don't have to thank me. Hmm. Not at all. It's a pleasure to see an old friend again. Naturally. Uh, so. Hmm. I was wrong, and you were right. <gasps> he thought of relaxes a little and he grins then at that and he says I'm surprised to hear you say that person it, naturally I have some issues with the the way that this has played out so far um, but your basic tenants that had driven you to it they weren't wrong it turns out and uh, my perhaps more sympathetic tendencies uh, got the better of me, and maybe it would have paid to have listened a little more closely to uh, the things that you were pursuing. A thin thread of green light drifts through the curtain, and Hector steps through it. Now get him! <laughs> <laughs> the other guard stood beside him, like steps with him, but a small distance behind. 
Can I just continue, Tristan? What do you want to know? I was going to see if I could study the um, basically drop into music vision quickly and study the gap and see how things change and how they've if I can work out how they've opened the gap. Yeah, sure. I feel I know what you're about to say because I'm going to either have to go. I'm looking at that hole, trying to suss <laughs> out what's going on. Are you looking at a crack? Um, yeah, I just I'm gonna lay on my back. So when you take time to play yourself into the music of the world and describe and your goal, listen to the roll plus charisma. They're like, why does that guy keep looking suspiciously at the wall and honking on a big imaginary uh, accordion? Plus charisma, so <laughs> so even the what? kazoo. So just roll my good. charisma dice, or yeah. Or if you click on Musical Monday, it will roll it for you. He semi got it, you know. The roll is nine. Actually, this is that is slightly the wrong thing. Sorry. I'll, I'll take the nine. No, I was going to say it should be discern realities. Really, you're using you're using it. So so give me give me discern realities instead. We'll drop the Musical Monday. I mean, what can't I just take the nine on a discern realities? It will be less on discern realities because. Your Would it, Ben? Watch this, mother trucker. <laughs> oh, it's Seven. not much less, to be fair. Really, you're asking what happened here recently? Um, yes, pretty much. Um, who's in control? What is it that's not what it appears to be? Yeah, I'm just trying to work out how they're manipulating this wall. And if it's, if it's something... So I suppose what happened here recently makes sense. I want to see how they're manipulating the, the fundamental core magic of the wall. Yeah, sure. On an even more base level than they understand it, because that's my reckoning with my new powers, is that I understand a whole new level of magic to everyone else, which I realise is effectively saying that I understand all magic in the world. Well, but, obviously, uh, that is what you believe. But also, it's a bit like me, as a programmer, being able to look at ones and zeros and be able to see all the ones and zeros, but that doesn't mean I know how they fit together or what yeah, the code fair. that implemented them is. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's some cool data down there. I wonder what it's for. <laughs> yeah, true, true. So what you see as he passes through is that it's actually still around him. It's closed behind him, but it's almost like within and through him, that same magic is still like a layer on his skin so he's he's still inside it in a way so he's almost like got an invisible protective layer yeah, at the same it's, time it's like, like it's he's, like he's got a bubble around him yeah like coming through soap or oil you'd still be all soapy and oily exactly it's that kind of thing like it wouldn't be visible to anyone else but you can perceive it yeah magically. so it's not like they've they've just walked through it basically rather than yeah. okay that's fine and he says, so you finally understand why the line of fire had to be contained. Uh, yes, and I take it by this big shimmering blanket that you have encountered a few developments in the last couple of weeks. Yes, the drake has made itself known to us. Our people have been forced back. Our project has been cast into disarray. And... Um, Frankly displeased, and Percival, I, I am aware of your role in it. Our divinations have revealed the source of this power, the origin of it, and 
of course you're at the heart of it. Why wouldn't you be? It's all well and good to be humble now, but you have wrought disaster, and my project is important. Well, if your divinations are so all-seeing, then perhaps you should have consulted them before you sent an assassin to murder my friend here, as that is what began the journey. But anyway, uh, aside from all of this, your project, how does that fit with containing this drake? The drake is what you might think of as an obstacle to us. It will be removed, and when it is, we will be able to restore the project and bring an order that might finally protect the Western lands. And now, with and here I do congratulate you on the change to the curse, with that, we may be able to reach wider across the continent and prepare for what is next. And what comes next? A reckoning, Percy. A reckoning is coming. The forces of the universe, the minds, the wills that underlie all things, they have lain quiescent for too long. But all my research suggests that that is coming to an end. And there is an opportunity there. An opportunity to reshape the world. Hmm. And let us suppose that I need your help. And that I may be willing to work with your plans. What would that involve, from your perspective? Enigma, while this conversation's going on, what are you doing? I don't think I was doing anything. Okay, so you're just kind of listening in. Yeah, I was just listening in. I guess Enigma has been present at various high-level political negotiations, so it's quite a standard thing. She probably drifts out a bit. Maybe even starting to get a bit involved with the crow politics that are happening in the treetops. I mean, to be honest, it was pretty fascinating. I did not expect that guy. I mean, yeah, that's some pretty rough opinions that uh, Raven had. Yeah, yeah. And you, Stark Raven mad. <laughs> there we go. So Enigma's paying attention to crows. Hector says, the first thing I need, of course would be the blade. That would be the key to shifting the balance of power. Hmm. What will the blade enable you to do? Our methods have been, I dare say, a little crude, Percy. You know, I confess, if we're being open and honest here, we were a little blunt in seeking the blade, though in part it was only recently that I became aware that you specifically, my old comrade, back from the days in Arashar, that it was you who was bearing the blade. That knowledge is very new to me. And so, as far as I knew, it was just some chump, you know, carrying this extremely valuable, extremely dangerous piece of equipment that they never should have really had. And taking it it was hard to know where. It kept vanishing from our scrying. So we, we sent the hunter after it because we needed to find it. And later, it was later, I realised that it was you. And after everything shifted, I thought perhaps you might be back this way. Obviously, your journey here has been, as you will be aware, quite unassailed. Because... I would not seek to uh, harm an old friend. <laughs> yeah, naturally. With the sword, 
we would have leverage on the power source we have access to. We would be able to open the door to a vast, vast reach of ice, to the plane itself. Even the drake, powerful as it is, deep in magic though it is, would be powerless to resist the winter that we could bring about. We would silence it once and for all. I regret deeply any parts that I have played in bringing the drake uh, into the world, and this sounds like a, an interesting proposition to be going along with, whilst there are few or uh, limited other choices that seem to be presenting themselves to us. It's interesting that you say that there is a, a reckoning coming, a, a shifting of powers. I've been thinking on this a, a lot myself recently. Akoni feels just a, perhaps a little further away than, than maybe she did once more, and maybe the world is changing. Um, there's one thing that I need you to help me with, though, and then, then perhaps we can work on this. He, like, rubs his beard momentarily and says, no, how am I assist you, person? What is it you need from me? Um, I'll reach around back to the sword, and then pull it out. Yep. And hold it in front of him. Hector, you've been a good friend, but I need you to die. And I will stab him through the heart with the sword. Nice! Boom! Holy shit. Brutal. As soon as the sword comes out, you see, as it begins to move, you see the guard start to dive in front of him and Hector himself leaps back and so this is all happening very fast so give me a hack and slash and let's see where this rolls out 11 11 deal with damage to the enemy and avoid your attack their attack so your sword lashes out and deal your damage that's add one to that so seven yeah so you cut the guard's arm off. He's but a flesh wound. <laughs> His spear drops to the floor and he falls back and your sword strikes Hector. But as it does, you feel the power of it as it touches Hector's skin and actually as it touches the guard's skin, you feel it wanting to stick. It feels magnetic and Hector Roll your damage again. Hector's going to take half this because his guard interceded, but he's still going to take harm from it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lucky he's on the half. <laughs> so you cut him quite deeply. The sword shears through his armour. It's trying to stick to him, and he's staggering back towards the wall. Can I use the power of the sword to um, just crystallise him from the inside out? I need a sleek one-shot and then to be getting away with this body, is it? You cannot. Okay. Because the power that is surrounding and protecting him is the power at the heart of the sword. Okay. This is Ullumbriar on Ullumbriar action at this point. And although we know the sword to have diverged from that power, at the same time, it would be more like feeding the spring if you see what I mean. It would be piping water out of the bath and back into the bath. Okay. But as he staggers back, he raises his arm, and from the ground, just the other side of the river, 20 black-clad archers arise, which perhaps a magpie could have seen, 
had uh, <laughs> had Enigma not rolled a four. What? <laughs> and draw their bows. And as Hector starts staggering back, there is a rush of arrows coming forward. Now, Enigma, the situation has changed. Percy has stabbed at Hector. He's staggering back. Archers are appearing. What are you doing? I'm going to pull out my bow. Yep. And, uh, right, so uh, is Hector down? Hector's not down, is he? Hector is not down. He has taken a significant cut from Percy, but he is making his way back to the curtain, which is not far away, and his people are moving to protect him. Okay, I'm going to try and shoot an arrow towards him, because if Percy was trying to kill him, that's probably the right thing to do. So I'm going to try and finish him off before he gets there. Okay, give me a volley roll. Uh, eh, eh. Mark experience. <laughs> Man, I'm the Tristan on this season. <laughs> really hope that means I can roll well. <laughs> yeah, so your arrow flies straight and true, um, but as it comes into contact with him, it shatters rather than striking him. I made the archery shit look easy, but it's really not. Fuck See, you. Enigma's going to... He's going to learn now. And as you do that, he staggers back behind the curtain. Mm. Oh, fuck, Rhino. Is he going to try and wear them? (laughs) (laughs) Callback to like two years ago. (laughs) Look look at this poor person. (laughs) This can't be Hector. He's wearing curtains. And so, yeah, so the cost of that miss is an opportunity. Tristan, there are 20 archers lining up on you as Enigma shoots and Percy attacks Hector. What do you do? Uh, so Hector's now gone, or...? He's just the other side of this curtain, which, <sighs> as far as you know, you can't pass. Yeah. People can't push through it. That's what you've learned. Yeah, well, that's what I think. I'm going to kind of... I'm just going to... Tristan takes a, a, a quick step forwards and then just kind of boom he's just disappears yep and hopefully blinks into existence the other side of the wall so you step into the shadows on one side and out on the other yeah okay you find find a dark shadow and then you emerge from one the other side of the wall yeah and so the shadow you emerge from although i'd kind of like it to be less shadow based and more kind of going into the music world for our sakes because it's not shadow shadow it's more kind of i don't think from an oc point of view i don't i feel like the life and the light is more representative of the music but i appreciate we're using a mechanic here's why you use shadow is because the shadow is not yet in any given shape so it's easy for you to craft your shape through it Mm, okay so it's like you need the darkness to become the light. Mm, okay. That, that's, that's my logic for it. I, I guess we're going to now turn out there's no shadows and I'm trapped in the shadow realm forever. And I just pop out a few seconds later in the <laughs> same place going, sorry, didn't work. No, so this is something you just do. There's not a role yeah. associated with it. Oh, nice. So you do emerge. In his own shadow. Nice. Not in his shadow, but in the shadow of a boulder about... 20 feet from them but the other side of the wall oh wow so as a kind of he takes 
takes a little step and sort of, like I say, steps into the shadow and disappears and the other side of the shadow just appears and just starts running towards Hector and as he does so, two sort of almost crystal looking sort of semi-greeny glowing daggers start to form in his hand. And I so just... is, he, is he like singing to produce them? Oh, I guess so. Well, I forgot about that bit. Um... <laughs> yeah, because this one does have a role on it. My old man yeah. said follow the... <laughs> And don't dilly dally on the way. Um, it's the classic dilly dally. Yeah. Stars with a master. Yeah. Singing kind of a. Oh, I suppose it's got to be singing for now. A kind of an old um, Karis battle hymn as he starts running for. As the boys are marching forward and the women with the spears. <laughs> it's the charge Amazing. of the dagger boys. Yeah, I'm basically a dagger boy now. Oh my god, that's the song. Yeah. See them running proud. You need to find a way that's cooler than having to sing it. Well, that's but... exactly why it can be off int. Okay, so for now I'll take the hit of the lack of style as I'm humming slash singing to myself. Maybe I'm, I could do like a, um, it's coming as like a heroic, Hector, your days are numbered. I will be your reckoning. I will be your reckoning. <laughs> Basically, what you're yeah. doing is you're just fighting, but in a musical. Yeah. I've watched a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber race recently. I'm Le Miz. I'm Le Miz in this shit. That's what's happening. As I run forwards, I'm like, do you hear the people sing? <laughs> Singing the song of angry men. As I leap into the air off another boulder. I think you should um, do some sinister nursery rhymes. Like, <laughs> boys and girls come out to play. <laughs> As I run forward, I'm like, twinkle, twinkle, <laughs> little star. <laughs> Now I know exactly where you are. <laughs> or you should just be singing the shadows. <laughs> they were instrumental. Yeah, I realise. I'm a Ford Memories. Just massive show tunes. I can, I can <laughs> Mr. Mustafa's song. Me, give me the role. Just give me the, the role. Cavity is a mystery cat. Gotta be a miss, right? <laughs> oh yes. yes! Not a thing in the dinner. No, 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 no. Or it's chariots of fire, maybe. <laughs> okay, so these blades appear in Tristan's hand, and he's running in towards Hector, who immediately, as he hears this singing, oh, for crying out loud, his eyes widen as Tristan appears and comes charging in like a knife wielding emo goth. <laughs> singing show tunes. <laughs> well dressed as a one-man band <laughs> this, this got complicated fast he literally is just standing there and he suddenly just says <laughs> what the hell is that <laughs> surprise motherfucker <laughs> it's like, i'm not even slightly surprised i heard you coming like ages ago I was just like temporarily kind of discombobulated at that weird, <laughs> the least surprising that thing weird, that's like, happened in my life. Like, why do you have an accordion? It's like <laughs> a kind of weird coalescent green colour. Is that magic? Is it? Yeah, it's so confused that you've actually stabbed him because he's just confused by this accordion. It's like, how are you even? How does that even hurt me? I just strangle him with an accordion. <laughs> 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 okay, so he steps away from you and the floating figure that was beside him 
drifts forward towards you. They reach up their hands. I mean, I'm, I'm leaping, remember? Yeah, so but, you're yeah. leaping. Oh, and shit. they are going to try and, as their hands rise up, their fingers extend into long needles. And they're going to try and grasp you. Nice. Uh, so give me a hack and slash. Not to fight danger. What was the 11 for? Yeah. That's to create the weapons. Oh. Oh, really? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so with those, you can do hack and slash with charisma. So I now need to double roll. <laughs> That's even worse. Get up quick. You've made if anything better. If anything better. Give me a charisma roll. And it's not terrible. No, so you deal your damage to the enemy and they make an attack against you. That's fine. Yeah, cool. You did that so, on strength, not charisma, Stu. Oh. That's a good catch. Plus, strength is plus zero. Yeah, so that is actually a full success. Yes! We'll take that roll, that's fair. Yeah, that's legit. I was just clicking down to see if it had done it correct. So. If you hover over the number, then it tells you the makeup but you, of the roll. There's also a drop down where you can... It also says plus zero. Is it, does that mean it's taken into account the plus three, but it's not got anything else to add another plus two? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Success. Oof. In fact, you added minus one strength. <laughs> yeah. So you roll your damage. Right. Do I get any better damage now? That's the main thing. I think your thing. damage has gone up to do a, to a D8 with this class, actually. Still pretty shit. Oh, it's better than it was. Yeah. Quit whinging, whinge boy. He's Nemo. That's his MO. EMO. Oh, it's good. It's not. It's a seven. It's, it's pretty good. Oh, like I, can't, a... I can't get much better than that. I bet I could have rolled a nine on a D8. I'm used to just whamming them with a guitar, so two perfectly weighted crafted daggers are a little odd now. So your blades, like, cut into it. Don't forget they're magical. Yeah, I, that's why they cut into it. Good. Because it is also highly magical. And it is trying to grasp you, but you're sort of eluding its grip. Wait, by it, I hope you mean Hector. I wasn't charging this creature. Oh, no, the creature was interceding between you and Tr Hector. Oh, fuck, crying out loud. You weren't going to get to him without going through it. Okay, that's fair. And it, it does have a plan for you. Oh, I don't doubt. Percy, mm -hmm. Hector's dragged back, and now there is a flight of arrows coming in towards you. What do you do? Well, all of this weird power shit seems to be... Bull and Briar based, so I'm going to um, dip the sword in that big green shield and sort of wave it over um, and just bung a big green dome over the top of these arrows and all of these dudes that are trying to shoot me. Okay, so you're going to... I'm going to manipulate the power of Bull and Briar that's already there and just sort of reshape it over those guys. Okay, cool. So that is a roll plus ice, which I can't remember if you're plus one or plus two. Uh, 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 uh. I think you're on plus one. That's my recollection. Okay. Um, does 14 do it? Yeah, so mark one cold shift, and you get to pick three from the list. You get the effect you're looking for. You, the outcome is limited to the effect you're looking for. The outcome does not leave you exhausted. The outcome does not leave you physically changed in any way. Um, uh, 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 I reckon I'm in a fairly 
really precarious situation, Arthur. Um, I will end up physically changed by it. Okay, cool. So, what do you think the physical change is here? So you cast this, this shield of green light, like, reaches out and stretches across, and the arrows shatter against it, exactly like Enigma's arrow shattered against Hector. So, how do you think you're changed? Um, I think the tips of my fingers and the tips of my toes now look frostbitten. Okay, yeah, that's pretty legit. So, make a note of that on your appearance. Yep. But it has worked. As in blackened, kind of, that stage of frostbite, or...? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But without the pain and no feeling. Yeah, it's appearance rather than... Okay. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, Though they feel cold... Yeah. And it will probably feel cold most of the time, not in a, like, painful way, just like, you'd just be a bit cold. Like you had bad circulation. So I wanted to create a dome containing them. Um, when it's when it sort of draws from the shield, um, does it sort of, you know, like a bubble sort of pull out and create a new one, or does it leave any gap in the shield? It looks like a bubble. It has okay, cool. drawn the shield with it. And you also hear, coming from... If you imagine that the shield is in front of you, there's a riverbed to your right with archers behind it. You hear the sound of running feet behind you. Enigma, Percy has just bubbled in the archers. He's just what? The archers? He's just bubbled them in. He's just made a bubble of magic. Well, and there they are discussing sheep. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so... Um, so the archers are all in a bubble. Um, where's Hector at the moment and his goons? Hector is the other side of the shield. Tristan has appeared there and is charging in, but has been grasped by the floating guard that was travelling with Hector. And now from behind you, you're hearing running feet. Ah, oh, damn. I suppose I should turn to them. Um, I can't get through the barrier at all, can I? There's no way around it. As far as you know, it appears to encircle the South Pole. What happens when people touch it? Does it just is it just like a wall? It feels like a wall, yeah. It feels completely solid. I'm wearing boots of parkour. <laughs> right, yes, you are. <laughs> How high does this go up? The wall, it goes five feet. You don't know for certain. It, it probably isn't more than a mile high. <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah. It's hard by parkour standards. Yeah, do the ten minute mile. You're pretty healthy. You can do that. Fit. You can. I, I was mostly thinking of. Can't you do any weird stepping into, stepping into weird shit and stepping back out like Tristan did? I yeah. don't know what everyone's got now. I don't know if I because when I step out, I'm usually in the same place. That is true. How high can yeah. magpies fly? Well, the other one was that I could just use it to kind of backflip off of to uh, find out who these people yeah. are running towards me. I think I need to deal with the people running towards me. So uh, just you know to sort of yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't know who's coming. So just in case, I'm I'm basically just going to run up the wall and do a little bit of a flip so I'm turning in their direction yeah, to look. Cool. Because that way I've intimidated them. As I'm doing it, I'm also got out the nunchucks and started spinning them. Okay, cool. So you've got the nunchucks on the go. And what you see is... It looks like maybe, again, they're all clad in black. Their faces are sooted up. And this is... These look like spearmen, so they've got like short spears and shields. And they're running in fast. They're relatively lightly armoured, but they're coming in quickly behind you. And there's about 10 of them. Hmm. I'm thinking actually if they're running towards me, 
my my bow would have been a better choice because then I could pick a couple off before they get in. So are you keep are you keeping your bow up and shooting as you do the back? Yeah, I'm gonna do that from in the air. Yeah, basically. Yeah, bam, 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 um, because you know. It, then when they get in, then I'll get the nunchucks, get the chucks out, you know? Yeah, give me that volley. Pow! That's much better. Slightly better. I was going to say, not much better, really. Slightly better. Uh, so what downside are you going to take? Are you going to reduce your ammo? Are you going to take what you can get? Or are you going to move to take the shot? Well, I was moving to take the shot, so how would that Ooh. change it? I was Placing you in the danger of the GM's choice. That seems legit. Hey. <laughs> if you wanted to go with that one, I think. Okay, I was, I was, you know, I was flipping. Yeah, roll your damage. It's not great. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, how come I become the Tristan of the season? I know I'm tired. <laughs> it turns out the problem was always the bow. It was never the man. <laughs> I had, a, I had a bow before. This is not then like you barely brand... used it. I used it quite a lot, and then I ran out of ammo because I kept missing. There was that whole scene where sort of Tristan approached uh, Enigma at the campfire and was like, "I don't need this bow anymore. I would, I would very much like you to have it." And Enigma was all like, "You know what? This is a touching moment. This is like an heirloom of the campaign. I will use this bow. I will perform with this bow and outshine Tristan." And now she's just going to snap it across her knee later and use her old bow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bullshit. Like, this is a piece of what shit. What is this even made of? <laughs> make it yourself or something when you're a kid this is elastic from his trousers that he's used instead of a string the, the string isn't meant to be elasticated this is it's meant to be taut it's that's not where the power comes from oh my god no wonder when he did two two notes from one string he kept shooting <laughs> one of us that's it then two parts of the the elastic it's worn down and weathered <laughs> like this is ludicrous i'm never using this again yeah, so you do wing one of the approaching troopers. Oh, he got a nasty run in his tights. <laughs> oh, I could use them. Restring my bow. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you see classic cut across the cheek kind yeah, yeah. of look. If anything, it does make that one person look a slightly more dashing. Nice. You know, they might if they survive this, they're gonna look, they're gonna be pretty cool. It's a big if. I'm on the case. Yeah, big if. <laughs> So, Tristan, you have injured this creature, but it is trying to grab you. It's trying to seize you with these long hooking fingers. How are you going to get out of that grasp? Well, it hasn't, you know, with my uh, dodge, it's kind of, as I landed, kind of ducked under its arm. I've just kind of almost like a hamstring slash and just so I want to just propel my I want to almost all but ignore it and slash for my target okay cool as you run past its arms lengthen to reach you okay stretching far longer than any human arm can that's okay I'm nimble I'm just gonna twist out the way okay so give me a defy danger on dexterity okay come on baby oh uh, it's not a solid dodge but it's a dodge you stumble hesitate or flinch mm. a worse outcome hard bargain or Ugly choice. I love these. Okay, hit me. Let's see what I can get this up to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shoot. Basically, the arms grasp you, but you've got in reach of Hector. Mm. So you can engage with him, but you'll be taking minus one forward because you're entangled in these weird grasping arms. I'll take it. Okay, give me a hack and slash on charisma. Or a charisma roll is probably <sighs> Down to an eight. Okay, cool. Uh, you deal your damage to the enemy, so deal your damage. Come on, big rolls. 
I knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am entangled, to be fair. So your blades just slip oh. across his armor. Even though, actually, no, because they're magical blades, aren't they? I think he's just out of reach. It's another, another like shirt cut or cheek slash. Yeah, I just can't reach it's him. It's that kind of thing. It just scratches across, uh, yeah. but it does go through his armor because they are magical blades. And then you are zinged back yeah. in the <gasps> arms of this creature as it drags you away, and it, these claws are pressing through your skin. Roll a. D10 plus 2. I've still got my armour, remember. Oh, come on! Okay, so that's 11. Take 11 damage. Wowzer. Jeez. And you're now I think we found our first sacrifice. <laughs> that is not good. Wait, did my armour negate it or not? Your armour does come off it, but oh, okay. it's still like 9 damage, I think. So, Percy, Tristan seems mm-hmm. to be embracing with a uh, hovering ice creature. And Enigma's taking pot shots at the dudes running in at you. You've bubbled up some more archers. Don't know how long the bubble will last. Might be ages. You seem to do pretty good on that. Which way are you going? And also, Hector and his guards are <laughs> starting to depart. I mean, I want to get through there. I am going to take a good look at the barrier. Uh, discern realities on that, maybe? Okay, sure. Give, give me that roll. Uh, just before I... Just charge head first, does it? It'd be kind of cool if Percy is so disfigured by this that he has to kind of wrap his face in bandages or wear a mask or something cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from thematic going forwards, if if our plans... Please. Okay, Percy, mark experience. <sighs> Percy, as you consider how to best to approach this this wall, you are struck from behind by a spear and knocked face down on the ground. <sighs> so you're now kind of lying on the floor and there is a spear at your back coming in. As you look sideways, you can see the feet of several other troopers approaching rapidly. And while this fight goes on, Hector has jumped onto a horse and is moving away. And you can hear him shout, kill them or capture them, get the sword, and he is riding away. If you want a rubber band, stick it on my bill. <laughs> Classic gag. Uh, Bastard keeps doing puns. So... <laughs> How annoying is that? <laughs> Pun magpie. <laughs> Nothing Enigma hates more than puns. It's really not. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's they're not even good ones. It's just winging it. <clears throat> when I was a kid, crow meant bogey. <laughs> what? No, it never meant bogey. It did. It's no. bogey.
Yeah, that's it. You've confused it with bogey. It's like, uh, you've got crows. <coughs> Man, we never said that. Well, I guess uh, that's because you were southern. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I can't speak for northern people. <laughs> Maybe that was normal <laughs> up there. Stone the crows. Let me just make sure my defy danger is on dexterity. It's on ask. What the hell's ask? Uh, it means you have to choose which one, so there'll be a oh, drop down. Yeah. It's ask then, rather than, I'm like, ask, wow. <laughs> Defy danger on ass. <laughs> um. <clears throat> that sounded like the Crystal Maze tune. <laughs> Tristan, go, go left. Go le No, across the water, Tristan. <laughs> I can't see it. See you later, motherfuckers!